You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You have arrived at your destination. Okay, so one thing I have been doing to we'll, we'll this we'll get heavy after we yeah, start talking it. about stuff. But before we do that, one thing I've been doing that I've had a lot of fun with is so as you know, I have some like plastic masks hanging on my wall because yeah. I'm in my 30s. Um Right. So I got I got a devil mask that I bought for like 5 pesos when I was in Mexico. I've got a old school an old school like batman mask plastic mask from like 1989 um nice. that kendra bought me off ebay i think and then i've got a creature from the black lagoon and a frankenstein's monster that i got from target a couple years ago just like five dollar plastic masks yeah so i was scrolling on instagram probably uh two three weeks ago and i came across a photo of the exact same Creature from the Black Lagoon mask that I have, but somebody had painted it to make it look cooler. Because, like, when you buy it, it's just the color of the green plastic, basically. Right. You know what I mean? It's just one solid color. And this person had put, like, detail and done some different stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to do that to it. And I was like, I'm just going to copy their design exactly. And yeah. it'll be something that's fun and just take my mind off of anything and sit there and paint a mask. So I did that with the creature one, and I was really happy with it. And then over the past several days, I have been repainting my Frankenstein mask, too. Very so, cool. Yeah, so I'm going to go on. I think I'm going to keep doing it because it's like um, I can hang them up, and it's fun to do, and it's like something I can do. It's an outlet. It's yeah, an outlet. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, and it was also more fun to do one where I didn't have, I wasn't looking at someone else's design, so like, um, yeah. you know, trying to figure it out and stuff like that. And I'm not like, I've dabbled in visual art, but I'm by no means a visual artist. And so, sure. it's just yeah, like, you're, it's, you're not. No, <laughs> damn it. Um, so it's a it's I'm a fun playing. it's a fun space to play, and I've been enjoying it. So yeah, that's funny. one of the things uh, I've been doing. My buddy Corey's been posting. Uh, he he actually texted me the other day. He mm-hmm. he he's been uh, buying old uh, the shape masks, Halloween masks, oh, Michael yeah. Myers masks, mm-hmm. and uh, basically taking it, stripping it of all its paint, dehairing it, yeah, repainting, huh. and then redoing the hair oh that's very cool and he, he sent me a text the other day of of him kind of yeah <laughs> dolly in his camera into the mask with the uh john carpenter's theme playing <laughs> in the background and i'm like yes very is... nice but yeah like the uh the new like halloween he he did an old one he's done like mm-hmm. different ones of different kind of yeah. eras of michael myers people who are super into the halloween franchise um as a thing not just the first one but the whole franchise yeah. they know the different masks right i mean i've, oh, se- I've seen articles about what are the different masks like and, ranked and it's best so and interesting worst, um even even from the outside looking in like yeah. i'm a huge fan of the original halloween sure less so because of of <coughs> horror and more so because of just kind of yeah. john carpenter and it be, you know it's, it's less about it's more about the filmmaker i guess yeah but um from the outside looking in that first mask is so iconic and it's yeah. so good yeah um and then to like watch like i haven't seen all of the other halloween movies like yeah. i'm not that type of uh, yeah. horror movie consumer yeah but looking at like 
you know that i saw a video at one point of all every kill in every halloween movie right mm-hmm. and the mask just morphs into weirder and <laughs> yeah. sillier and yeah. like could they not have just grabbed the first one and just stayed on that train just kept doing that yeah, yeah. I imagine, but anyway yeah like, i imagine like when you have the budget to change up the mask you probably do it right yeah, i mean i don't I know i don't know exactly how that works but the the new movie which is was pretty uh polarizing and you know rightfully yeah. so like sure. you I, I enjoyed it quite a bit there was a lot mm-hmm. of fan service but i enjoyed being serviced yeah 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 <laughs> right um <laughs> 2020 that's that's yeah. your quote yeah uh, jesus uh but that mask in the new one yeah. they they did such a good job at like uh taking that very first yeah. mask and then just destroying it for tw- like 20 yeah. years of wear on a on a cheap halloween Definitely. mask yeah yeah and it's like almost falling off the guy's face in yes. the best way. Yeah. Well, um, that's a, a new thing that a lot of horror fans are doing is they're selling the version of the new one, which is degraded. Yeah. But it's like pressed. Okay. <laughs> like it's molded to be yeah. degraded, mm-hmm. and the, you know the paint is just awful. But so that's yeah. kind of started that thing for him, I think. Especially, I've, I have another friend who who's an artist on, uh, and he posts yeah. a lot of drawings and stuff on Facebook. Big horror fan, and yeah. You know, they take this new mask and actually try to make it look like it does in the movie, and it takes a lot of work. But yeah, yeah, it's super fun. That's very cool. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where um, the way that I'm doing it, obviously, I would never be able to sell anything like this. But it's it's the kind of thing where another outlet that I was thinking about is uh, I was thinking about like looking into models. You remember those old like Universal? They're probably yeah. actually pretty expensive at this point. But you get the Universal yeah. monsters just in model form, and you would glue the model together and then paint it. And it was, <clears throat> I was thinking about that and I was like, I would like to buy one of those if they were a reasonable price for like a little hobby. But the thing is, once I get done with it, I don't want to just throw it away and I'm not going to, I'm not the guy to like display that really, you know? Right. Um, sure. You're, you're not the guy with the trinket. No. Uh, like, I, I mean, I have trinkets, but like they're, the masks are like, they hang on the wall. They don't take up yeah. any space, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I'm, I just, I don't like, I have a few action figures that are sentimental to me and they're in a box in the closet. Like I'm not gonna, I don't know. It's just not me, but yeah. But anyway, so, um, that's okay. So we've been talking about a lot of fun stuff. The rest of the episode, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, um, we'll see. Yeah. I think it will be fun, but it, I, uh, but for very different reasons yeah. than what we've been talking yeah. about so far. Totally. Uh, so welcome to the common creatives podcast. Uh, I'm will, I'm the doctor and that's Joe. He's the maestro. That's me. Yeah. So, what are we talking about today, Joe? Oh, man. <laughs> it's been a long week. This is going to be... I am going to be very interested. It's going to be fun for me yeah. to record this because I'm interested in your response. We haven't talked about this sure. show at all. So I watched um, it uh, on your recommendation because you really right. wanted to dig into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, the show is a miniseries on HBO called yeah. The Plot Against America. Right. And it's, uh, it's basically a world where uh, characters live in an alternate history in which... Franklin D. Roosevelt was defeated in the U.S. presidential election in mm-hmm. 1940 40, I by think, yeah. Charles Lindbergh. <clears throat> yes. The, and, and things get worse. <laughs> things get worse, yeah. So uh, here's one thing. I'll just ask this straight up. Did you yeah. know anything about Charles Lindbergh before you watched this? No. No, I, n- not I, nothing. No, me either. I knew the name Charles Lindbergh, but like yeah. I didn't know anything. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe if I'd have strained real hard, I could have told you pilot. But that is about it. Um, I couldn't have done that. Do you, oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like... Sure. 
erase that kind of person from history, sure. please. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So the the it's it's a HBO miniseries. It's based on a 2004 novel, also called The Plot Against America, by Philip Roth, who's a, 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 a sort of giant of literature, I suppose. But it's adapted by and written by uh, David Simon, who is, which is kind of the reason I wanted to talk about this, um, or a big part of it. David Simon also was a, I think, co-creator and definitely a writer on uh, the uh, head writer on uh, The Wire. Um, he wrote The Wire. He wrote Treme. Uh, he did a show called Generation Kill about the military. He wrote a uh, ongoing series, I think three seasons, uh, called The Deuce, which is about the sort of uh, rise of the pornography industry in Times Square in the 70s. So he's one of my favorite creators. And when this came out, I like devoured it. And I was like, Joe, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. We got to do an episode. And so I'm, I'm curious. We'll get into all the sort of, you know, we'll dig in at some point. But I'm just super curious. Needless to say, I loved it. But I'm curious to yep. hear your response to it, having watched all eight episodes. Eight episodes? Eight episodes. Six, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. So... Um, it's technically very well done. Okay. The, the writing's very good. The acting is great. The, the yeah. cinema, you know, the cinematography, everything. It's like, it's top notch. Yeah. I felt like garbage mm. the entire time. Okay. And at the end I got like a glimmer of like uh catharsis uh-huh. and then they punch you in the face after. Right. Right. right, right. Immediately. It's like, yeah. oh there's hope but also remember what people are yeah okay so (laughs) i think if i had watched this 10 years ago yes it would feel much differently than watching it right now okay um so so for folks who haven't seen it um first of all go watch it but uh and also i I have taken zero notes on this one right yeah (laughs) i I don't have a single actually you know what i I took some notes while watching it okay and that's been a couple weeks now let me see if i can find those just to kind of gather your thoughts or whatever yeah this is uh it's a story as joe said where it's a fictional alternative history where the gop runs charles Lindbergh as their presidential candidate um, against FDR uh, bef- prior to the U.S.'s involvement in World War II, and they run him on an uh, what they frame as an anti-war campaign, right? They, they frame it as a, we have to be watching over our domestic interests first, and we don't need yeah. to be involved in skirmishes or wars. Uh, we've already had the Great War, right? World War One. We've already yeah. had the Great War. We don't need to go and be involved in Europe's war against the Nazis, right? Yeah. We need to be sort of isolationist and whatever. And there are undercurrents, which become more explicit as the show goes on, of anti-Semitism and xenophobia and sort of fascist tendencies in Lindbergh's government, right? Yeah. So, just wanted to lay that out for people who have yeah. no clue and what we're talking about. So, you know the the idea that like the idea of basically building this guy's um, Lindbergh's campaign on, you know, we don't want to war. Like, you know, I'll be the first to tell you that like, yeah, war is not a good thing. Sure, right? Yeah, we're getting into really complicated <laughs> things now because yes. like you know war war can yes. obviously and war is, is an unfortunately necessary I think sure. it's so frustrating mm-hmm. to see this type of stuff mm-hmm. happen all day every day right now in yeah. 2020 yeah 
where you have a leader who is he he one of the quotes from the show one of my notes is there's yeah. a lot of hate out there and he knows how to tap into it yeah mm-hmm. um but to tap into it in a way that's justified mm-hmm. of course yeah elect this guy because he doesn't want to go to war sure but who are you fighting though yeah. who who's who are you fighting yeah, yeah. no we don't want to go to war we don't want to send our boys out there to die mm-hmm. but we also don't want to send our boys out there to kill nazis because mm. oh, we kind of like them i mean right. they're doing okay right so it's I, my my thoughts are going to be so disorganized. Sure, and that's fine. I was I was kind of a nervous wreck watching this. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Um, one of my notes, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just yuck. <laughs> <laughs> sure, just these th- these characters, and I w- I wish you know this is a fictional show. This stuff didn't happen. Yeah, but it's complete reality. It's sure, not fiction. Yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah. This is what people do. We're seeing it right now. Sure. Oh man, wouldn't it have been bad if Franklin D. Roosevelt was elected or wasn't elected president? Mm-hmm. Guess what? That happened. Mm. Like we we we, it, it's not fiction, right? <laughs> she wasn't elected president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's um, yeah. So obviously, this has strong, strong uh, analogies with the current administration and all the sort of far right, all this kind of yeah. nationalism and stuff like that. Weirdly enough, or not weirdly enough, but like Philip. Roth, the the original author of the novel, didn't intend it to be a political allegory, or at least claimed he didn't. Um, yeah. It's super, super interesting. It's wild, because he wrote it in 2004, and right. at the time, people read it as a critique on the Bush administration, and he said, sure. he said, at least he didn't intend for that to be an analogy, right? right? And you, and I, yeah. do, I think it's a thing where you could obviously make that pairing right sure but but life right now is so specific yes yes you know bush was a politician right right? right. he he you know he's trying or it's in his best interest to to Mm -hmm. be as vague as possible about stuff sure you know order terrible things through congress but Mm -hmm. also not to just straight out say these very specifically pointed like terrible things sure um, yeah, exactly. He he was not as explicitly sort of. I mean, this is you know what we're experiencing now is it's so on the nose with this stuff <laughs> that it's almost you know. I mean, it's understandable that you were yeah. uncomfortable watching the entire for, show. Right? Yeah, <laughs> for me, like uh, you know, I haven't been uh, congregating with mm-hmm. people at the studio for a couple months now. Yeah, so like, yeah. But you know, there for the really for the past three years, mm-hmm. starting starting you know in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just been a lot of political talk around, sure. you know, on for lunch and stuff. Yeah. And I, you know, for me, it's it's watching what the president does and says mm-hmm. every day yeah. doesn't educate me. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's not a thing where like, oh, maybe he'll do something yeah. that will change my mind and I'm going to vote for a second term. Like, sure. it does, it's not working that way for yeah. me. So for me... To distance myself from that is just kind of emotion, like yeah. emotionally sure. um, healthy. Of course, yeah. Well, you you have someone who not only does it not educate you to listen to this person, but it actually miseducates you very often, right? I mean, he sure. will say things that actually are objectively, factually not true, right? Yeah. Um, over and over yeah. and over and over at a speed that like you can't fact check. It's just too much. You can make yeah. too much of a mess too quickly that it would take so long to clean up any little bit of the mess that it's moved on, you know? Yeah. So I've, I found a really good um, 
New York Times quote about Plot Against America uh, when it was starting. <clears throat> and of course, these illusions weren't lost on people when they, you know, when David Simon, who's this sort of social critic and stuff, we'll talk about David Simon, but uh, this quote yeah. from New York Times about the a miniseries says, uh, Plot Against America, beginning Monday on HBO, asks the audience to imagine the outlandish idea that the presidency might have been won by a celebrity demagogue new to politics who appeals to bigotry and fear, who, who ran on the slogan of America first, who boasts of having taken our country back, who sees fine people on the most reprehensible side of history, who cozies up to despots and behaves as if he were their puppet. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, this this novel was written, he doesn't like, Simon, David Simon in his adaptation doesn't change the Charles Lindbergh character that much. This was written in 2004, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. just wild. And um, there is this line in the show somewhere where the Lindbergh campaign or the Lindbergh administration starts to use the phrase America first. Yeah. And David Simon, I was listening to a, a, a podcast or an interview with him where he was talking about, he said, right-wing media got upset with us that we used the phrase America first because they they seemed to think, at least some of them, I don't know specifically who he was talking about. I don't want to paint all conservative media, but whoever he was talking about got upset with him because he used the phrase America first. And he was like, this this is where the phrase comes from. He's he's like I didn't plug this phrase back into the 1940s. It comes from the 1940s. Trump is sure. referencing it, not me, right? I'm not referencing yeah. him. He is referencing these movements when he says America yeah. first. Yeah. Um, and that's what they meant by America first, right? It it was an anti-war slogan prior to Pearl Harbor. And oh, I went on a deep dive about this. So I'll tell you about the America First Party sure. real quick. Um, okay. In real life, uh, is it, like I said, America First was an anti-war slogan in the 40s or, or prior, prior to Pearl Harbor. And there was an America First Party um, whose founder, Gerald Smith, was also a, a fundamentalist Christian pastor and really did favor Lindbergh for president. He, he said on record that he wanted Charles Lindbergh to be president. He espoused white supremacy and anti-Semitism. And in 1947, so after um, the U.S. was involved in WW2, when does, when does World War II end? Uh, was it 47? Um, um, my history is rusty on the end. But um, nonetheless... Around uh, there. Yeah, the America First Party, still under his control, changed its name to the Christian Nationalist Crusade. <laughs> so cool. It's like these cool <laughs> these threads are these threads go back. And so when you hear these America First things now, it is a reference to these historical things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, uh let let's shift. I don't I don't want to get too far away from the actual you know, show that we're talking sure. about. Yeah. Um, it's, and it, it's difficult. It would be easy um, to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, um, so the show is about the, the plot of the show is about a family, right? Yeah. It's about a family who lives in this world and they yeah. are, uh, what's their last name? The Levins. Uh, um, yeah, I think so. The Levins, I mean, uh, a Jewish family who lives in New York and, uh, the dad of the household, Herman, uh, is mm-hmm. an insurance agent and also sort of like a new deal socialist, like an FDR supporter. And let's see, his wife, Bess, uh, yep. is a stay-at-home mom, which was not uncommon at the time. And regarding performances, I think she completely stole the show. She is I incredible, she right? Phenomenal. Yes. Yep. Her name is Zoe Kazan, I, I guess is how you mm-hmm. pronounce it. And yeah, she is just... What, what did you like about her performance? Because I agree, it is. she's a powerhouse yeah, I, in it. I don't know. I don't know yeah. that I have the right kind of a vocabulary to... Sure. to critique an acting performance sure um, yeah. I, I, i'm curious to know what you you say well yeah no i just i it, it she reads to me as the character ends up being such a strong person 
but sure. but I think the sort of social place that they give her character is one where yeah. you could easily play it as a sort of uh, passive person. Do you know what I mean? Because she's right. a, she's a stay at home mother right, and wife. Yeah, yeah, she's she's the quiet character that's yeah. that's un- underneath kind of holding. She's the glue. She's holding everything and everybody together. Yeah, she is. Um, when uh, you know at the beginning of the show. Yeah. When uh, Herman and whoever else is sitting by the radio it's yes. a few different times yeah get heated about something she'll come in and say it's dinner time and yeah. then she'll ask one of their kids about something that happened and just yeah. try to like keep yes. the mood light and just hold every hold the family together yes and then by the end of the show you know there's an argument and she just storms in and just yeah you know <laughs> rips through everybody shuts it down you know, sets them shuts straight it down yeah. mm-hmm. sets them straight yeah there and they're for her specifically there the the scene where she's uh, I don't remember the kid's name. What, mm-hmm. what, what, uh, um, the son's friend. Uh, this oh, the son's friend. I'm not sure. The son was Sandy. Um, yeah, Sandy's yeah. friend. Uh, who uh, he and his mother moved to Danville, Kentucky. Oh, that was the other son's friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. The young kid with the glasses. I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the kind of the goofy little yeah. kind of nerdy kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who is both of those kids are ridiculously adorable. Yeah. And just. Yeah. Very fun to watch, Very but good. she's on she's on the phone with him across the the country, and yeah. she's just kind of talking him through why his mother's not home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I I shed a tear watching that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, and and a lot of it, you know, the writing, the uh, the tone of of the the story itself, but also just how she plays it. You sure, know? yeah, I believed that she was his mother as well at that point. She yeah. had decided. Okay, you're mine, son. Now too. That's great. <laughs> you know, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that that role has such a and the script, the writing is incredible too. So she has a lot to work with. But that role has such range to it, where she is that sort of soft. She does have that kind of passive. You know, she she wants to be a good person. It doesn't she, seem like she's like she has no intense kickback against the sort of social position that she's in at her time in history, right? She's a yeah. she's a wife and a mother, and it doesn't seem like she's, like, you know, intensely against that. Um, no. You sure. know what I mean? And in, in some ways, she is not political in the sense that the husband is. Um, no. Do you know what I mean? She's not listening yeah. to the radio. She's not getting upset at all. I mean, she is getting upset at the the you know the the threat to her rights and her life, but um, she's yeah. not getting upset when she hears commentary on the news or whatever. She doesn't like attend that rally that the husband sure. attends. All this kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, she she makes some decisions throughout the plot that are the most kind of impactful. Yeah, politically. Well, if, and if she's anything like me, like the the thing I I kind of realized about myself while watching this show um and especially with kind of current things happening um across the the planet is that like i think a lot of people think of me as pretty level-headed sure you know my my sister comes to me for advice a lot Uh because like i can kind of like look at a thing and try and like break apart why someone said something and give them like some perspective on like Oh, well, you know, they may not have meant this thing. They may have honestly just meant this thing. So try giving them the benefit of the doubt. Sure. And, you know, t- playing with, like, uh, human psychology in a way that, like, let's look at this from another perspective, right? Yeah. That's who I am on the outside. Sure. In order to get to that place, uh-huh. like, if, if my sister calls me and she's like, this person said this thing, mm-hmm. the thing inside, the brother inside of me, if it's a mean thing, screams. Sure. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It's just... 
I'm the father in that sense, but it's inside. Yeah. And after the screaming subsides, I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's look at this from another angle. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And definitely. I think I relate to the mother in in this sense because I, mm. you can tell like mm-hmm. she is screaming on the inside. Okay. She feels everything that father's feeling. Yes. But she is yeah. keeping it together, and she she sees that as sort of her duty to do right. Um, and, and right because yeah. she sees her her one of her sons like completely on the other side of you know yeah. the, the the fence there. Sure, you know politically, especially from yeah. the rest of the family. So it's her job as a mother to keep her her son and her father like together and happy. Sure, and it, it's it's kind of one of those things as you're as you're talking about it, it. It is one of those things where her she is a a fierce advocate of her family you know what i mean she is a fierce advocate of her family and she's not there there is a level of the husband where i mean he's a smart guy you know all this kind of stuff but he is to some extent interested in the theater of politics um before it even really comes down on them sure you know what i mean he's interested in politics in the way that some people are interested in sports not in a sort of sure not a way that's that flippant but like i'm interested in politics in in these ways even sure. if even if we are able to have a sort of healthy society in the years to come and, and something that functions better than what we're seeing now i'm still gonna like watch commentary and and have opinions right. about things that probably won't you know drop down on my neighborhood <laughs> you know what i mean yeah no absolutely um, Whereas she is very much, and there's not one way that's good about this, and or one thing, one approach that's good and one that's bad, but she is very much only engaging with the sort of formal political bits insofar as it relates to her family and her livelihood. You know what I mean? Sure. And and I think that's, I think both of those are are interesting character choices to make. No, um, I think so too. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not for me like I. It's watching that stuff and how that how politics and stuff unfolds is just like again I'm just screaming on the inside like yeah, again yeah. like I'm emotionally on the inside like Herman yeah right mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and because of that it's it's hard to watch at the same time yeah. I do feel like I have you know personally I don't think I have I don't think I've steered that feeling that ship into the correct type of education for myself sure sure Mm -hmm. because you know watching people do terrible things over and over again on the news is just you know utterly exhausting yeah but at the same time like you know people watching this are are going to have have seen the news with everything happening with the black lives movement and the in the the protests and everything like that sure you know for me my white privilege is not having to worry about this stuff sure you know what i mean like so like for me like feeling like I'm, I don't, I don't, it's hard to watch this show. It's hard to watch the news. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's my privilege to not, to turn it off and to not, and just, I don't want to think about it. It's optional to unplug for a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, and and again, that's, it'll make you scream, right? Yeah. It's, I, I, we'll bring it back to plot for sure. But like, to some extent, it's not bad that you have the option to unplug for a little bit. What's bad is that other communities don't, 
right? <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes. everyone no. should be able to unplug for a little bit. Nobody should be like dealing with this stuff all the damn time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the, the bad part is not, man, you should really feel guilty for being able to turn it off for a little bit. Rather, it's we should, we should make sure that all of our citizens get to like chill out for a and, while, have you know, a good life. Thing, like, you know, you have to challenge yourself yeah. to really care yes, about absolutely. what happens to other people. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah, I've I've always cared. Sure. I've always cared. Sure, but yeah. it takes something loud, yeah, to like rattle you to a place to where you're active. Yeah. Sure, you're really trying to like mm-hmm. you know have conversations with people that you think are not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and the 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 scary part of it is that there are folks who and there. I mean, in my I'm something of an optimist when it comes to. In very few things, but I'm something of an optimist. Optimist when it comes when it comes to like, I think most people are trying to do their best. Like I think most people yeah. want the world to be good and just want to be like, just want yeah. to have a life where they're not you know terrified all the time and where they have opportunities and where they have you know food and water and this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think most people are like that. Some people really really do some small minority of human beings really just want power over other people yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and, and, so, and they're the loudest ones so they're, and they're the know, loudest they're... ones and when they sort of funnel into um or gain sort of legitimized power over other people it becomes a really scary and really delicate yeah. and sort of immediate type of situation which is what this story is about and it lets you right. feel the threat to just i mean the levens all they want to do is just live, have a good job, you know. They're not trying yeah. to do anything wild or unheard of. They just want to have no. a good community, have a good neighborhood, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the <laughs> the folks who come to power, the Charles Lindberghs, don't want that, right? Right. That them having a normal, happy life stands in the way of Charles Lindbergh in some way. And that's terrifying, you know? Yeah, but not for everybody. Meaning what? <laughs> A lot of people can have a, a nice, sure. healthy life as long as they they can, <laughs> as long as they can justify and sure. more so train themselves to turn their head and sure. to tur- like to unplug. Yes. So that's the thing I'm talking about yeah, earlier yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad that I have that sure. kind of privilege to do that. Yes. But it is bad to do that without. Yes. Training yourself not to care. Sure, exactly. Um, because the, yes. then things are not, th- things just will remain the same for me. Yes. And that's awful. Yes. No, <laughs> it's, it's certainly. And and the, the thing that's good is not to train yourself to be apathetic, right? Or to become yes. desensitized to the things that are horrific that are happening around us. But rather, taking care of your mental health you know, yeah. is a thing that you just should should do, and everyone no, should have the opportunity to do that. But that is a world away from, well, they're not me, so I don't care, right? Whoever the yeah. they is, whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I, I yeah. agree, and I'm, I'm super hopeful that most people aren't thinking that. They're not me, and I don't care. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly don't. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's... <laughs> Yeah, God, it's a weird, it's a weird <laughs> and wacky world we live in. Yeah, so for 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 listeners, uh, just to give a little bit of context, um, obviously we're in the middle of lots of the Black Lives Matter protests and demonstrations and things like that, which are amazing and fucking awesome, and and I'm supportive of you know pretty much everything that's going on in in that movement. That said, this is a weird day to talk about this particular show because like. I could, yeah. I could, I heard like bangs and helicopters outside my house last night, you yeah. know? 
so it's a, it's it's an incredibly like relevant uh, time to talk about this story that focuses so heavily and especially on politi- like, politics like specifically today like i don't yeah. like so there's one of the main characters is a rabbi right yes yes played by played by uh, john T- john Turturro. Turturro. Uh, yes yeah, who's who, like yes the character actor right yeah he's been um, in uh let's let's go down the list he's the coen brothers guy yes he's, he's in O brother he's um, barton fink he's barton fink he's in uh big lebowski he's jesus in big lebowski who else what else was he in john Turturro? anyway you know john Turturro if you're out there yeah um if you if big you like daddy, the coens right? yes big daddy <laughs> <laughs> sneaky sneaky sir sneaky sneaky said <laughs> john Turturro is uh, amazing he plays but uh, rabbi lionel bengelsdorf in yeah. this so you, yeah. you have this this character who like honestly his motivations are are <laughs> not completely I, I i don't think he's completely trying to be a bad guy right yeah like yeah. he's complicated yes um yes and i i think the the what, what the best thing this show does for me <laughs> watching it yeah is 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 to, to help give me perspective that like it's not just a line drawn between good guys and bad guys yes um, Yes, uh, I think I think as soon as that happens, war happens, right? Sure. Um, yeah, uh-huh. I'm scared. I'm scared as hell that war is going to happen, sure. right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm terrified of that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's go back to this rabbi. So, sure. like, uh, one of the quotes, one of the other quotes I wrote down was uh, that the rabbi just gave all the Christians permission to vote. Yes. To vote for somebody that they're probably feeling like yes. on the fence about because you hear rumors, right? You hear things, but well, why? Why would they be on the fence? Why would Christians be on the fence about voting for Charles Lindbergh? Anti-Semitism. Good. Yes, they <laughs> right? don't want to vote for somebody who's an anti-Semite, and so right. to have a rabbi come out and say, you know, right. he's not an anti-Semite, blah blah blah, that allows Lindbergh to put policies in place that are anti-Semitic, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, it lets it lets the white folks go. Well, I'm not voting for somebody who hates Jews, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. a whole it's a whole yes. justification yes. Uh, storm, um, and you know we've we've seen a lot of that, and it's funny like today specifically. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name because like I don't follow televangelists or whatever. Sure. Like, why would I do that? Yeah, sure. A lot of people do though, and one of the big guys here, I've got him, Pat Robertson. Oh yeah, Robertson. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Came out condemning the president today. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Over over his his uh, law and order response to the protests. Okay. And that's, huh. Crazy things are happening right now. Yeah, Will. that's wild. Crazy things. That's it, a wild turnaround. Yeah. yeah. It's a wild turnaround. Because um, I mean, he he pepper sprayed those peaceful protesters to take a picture with a bible so that it doesn't that justify it <laughs> <laughs> but it was a bible yeah, it was a bible it wasn't a constitution um, or something silly <laughs> yeah uh anyway i yeah let, interesting let's steer steer back yeah I'm, yeah yeah we could always go down these i'm so trails. i'm so i'm so exhausted yeah thinking about reality let's let's go to fictional reality sure <laughs> let's talk about it let's talk about all it. the things that are happening today but in a sense of like <laughs> we can disconnect one click yeah and see here's uh-huh. the thing i love this is what i love about fiction and this is yeah. what i hated about this show excellent let's dig the, in the thing i love about fiction is being able to feel like i can take a breath yes uh yes. I, i'm watching the evil dead and i'm not thinking about murder yeah, right it's, absolutely it's deadites yes it's silly yes goofy looking it's funny blood spraying yeah. it's funny absolutely you know sam raimi's not mm-hmm. making any statements on on uh yeah death or the devil or demons <laughs> we're just having a yeah. fun little spray fest that yes. we can all kind of chuckle yeah. at and also go ooh, you know <laughs> 
and not to say that all all fiction the only fiction i like is like that but sure to be able to feel like a little bit of movie magic is just like yes oh, yes it's fun it's, it it's is. good it's 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 i think emotionally <laughs> healthy and then when i'm watching this yes. like i get none yes of the, it's zero like yes zero maybe even and let's drop it down to the negatives yeah. right yeah it gives you no <laughs> I distance. don't get any of that yeah the only distance i got is that like the opening shot was kind of like a michael bay shot interesting where these kids are playing kids are playing in the street and yeah. like the camera circles them sure yeah <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can, uh, nope, I yeah. can't, I can't like yeah. just try and like get in with that in, if that makes <laughs> <Sure>. sense. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to, so I, one of the things I want to bring up and I, I, I want to get to David Simon and talk about him a little bit, uh, cause, cause we've sure. mentioned him and we've talked about this particular show, but I want to talk about David Simon and I would like to do future episodes, maybe on David Simon, if I can find something that's like short yeah. enough I, to, I need an excuse to watch more David Simon. Sure. I, I've, I've seen a little bit of the wire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, but, you know, I would love to do a wire episode, but it's like, I don't want to be like, Hey Joe, watch five seasons of television. So, that we can <laughs> yeah. go, you know, um, sure. so, but nonetheless, so David Simon, the thing that made me think David Simon in your responses were number one, you were like, this gives me no distance, right? <laughs> it's incredibly yeah. well executed. The, the, I mean, this is me talking, the narrative I think is awesome and complex and stuff like yeah. that, but it gives you no, it ain't pretend at all, even though it's no. fiction, right? It no, is about human not. beings as they really exist and operate. It is not about, uh-huh. you know, f- it's not fantasy in any sense. Beyond that, the, an- the the response that you just gave that made me go, ah, oh, that's why it's a good David Simon, is when I asked about Rabbi Bingelsdorf, or when you were talking about him, you were like, his motivations, and then you answered very slowly. <laughs> and I was like, that's David Simon right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, all the characters... That's real life. Yes, all the characters are so complex and so well thought out, and the the, the interesting balance that I think David Simon strikes in the all the work of his that I've seen is he doesn't sacrifice character, and I'm curious to see if you agree with this or not. He doesn't mm-hmm. sacrifice complex characterization, but at the same time. His work is never just, it's always about systems. Like his work is always yeah. about how systems work. But he doesn't yeah. just plug and play nonsense two dimensional characters in there to show you no. that, hey, capitalism is wrong or what, you know, he doesn't believe that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, no, this system is bad. But he doesn't sacrifice characterization. But there's no question that what you're watching is a piece about social systems of various yeah. types. Um, and, you know, yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's probably. I think you're 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 vocalizing the the thing that like the thing that I really liked about the show is yeah. character right yeah 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 and you're absolutely right it does not sacrifice character and yeah. character interactions and kind sure. of how on a very small level how people treat each other yeah for me like I'm much less interested in large thematic things yeah uh, large kind of plots and and that kind of thing sure um like kind of these grander scale um and especially like how systems work yeah. I'd much rather just have two people in a room talking. Yes. Right. Sure. Um, not sure. always, but that I think for me the redeeming part of this show is just the the characters and how they work together. Yeah. yeah. I think I had another a point that I was going towards, and then like my anxiety spiraled me a little bit down <laughs> out of control. No, that's fine. I don't know. I I I am. I was very interested in what you would think about the because t- this is a pretty good example there's there's some extent to which this is an outlier in in david simon in some particular ways uh but i won't really go into them um i was curious what you would think about 
his focus on systems and and how it is yeah. and and the interesting way that he communicates that that's what his art is about because i don't think yeah. it never seems ham-fisted to me like when i'm watching one of his shows like i've i've watched the wire i watched a touch of treme i watched most of the deuce and i've seen this and it never seems to me like it just never seems like he's shoving it down your throat that he's talking about systems. It always seems like it is about those characters in that moment, yeah. but it, but somehow it like blooms yeah, he, into something. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the 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 pacing, the yeah. kind of bird's eye view pacing yeah. of like the story in general was a little jarring to me. Interesting. Okay. How, how time would just jump forward months. And yeah, months, sure. You know? And I think it's necessary for a miniseries like this to do that. Yeah. Um, it, but it honestly at times didn't feel that way because he would, you know, he's got this full system bird's eye view angle of the narrative and then he dipped down real far sure. all the way to the ground for, yeah. for enough time for me to like really get invested in, uh, the characters and how they, 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 um, how they work together, how they relate um, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of those things where I feel like if he had two seasons, you know, to do this show, it would have felt like the time and the pacing would have felt a little more maybe even-handed or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Totally. But the fact that he just shot this whole thing out in six episodes might might have something to do with that. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, that is a good that is a good point. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Just Folks program uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Just because I want to talk about Winona as well, and I feel like this is a way yeah. that we can kind of rope her in. Because yeah, she's 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 so good. <laughs> she's so she's she's in her. Have, she's such a she's such an odd yes actress. Have people been um, saying Winona Sans? Because I feel like they should. Uh, they should absolutely. Because <laughs> she's absolutely been she's should. been killing it. Like right for a while, she was like a celebrity, and she like yeah. she shoplifted or something, and people were you know what I mean. Right. And I felt like right. that was kind of her image, and then she just started making things that are like, damn. Like she's yeah. so good. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It's not for no reason that she's famous for doing this. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So the just folks program is one of the Lindbergh administration's programs for uh, what's, what would be Lindbergh's framing of what just folks is. Uh, it's sort of to help so immigrant communities assimilate Lindbergh's to American framing, life. <laughs> right, yeah, Lindbergh's framing to the public or its yeah. purpose? Or no, its, Lindbergh's its framing, function. how would Lindbergh describe it if he was on you know, the radio? Um, you know, it would be to take um, Jewish people and integrate them into the country in a way that uh, makes a more diverse uh, sure. country across the board. <clears throat> yeah, right? exactly. Instead of just... Uh, large congregations in cities, or where, where, mm -hmm. what have you, take take the Jewish people in the cities mm -hmm. and spread them out like butter. Yes, on the country. Yes, um, send them to where the real Americans live, you where know? the real <laughs> Americans live. Um, which and there yeah. are, and and the thing I love is that this show actually showed some really good people out there. Yes, right? exactly. The family that the kids yes. goes to stay with, they're good people. Yep, they are. Right, and um, where do they live? Do you remember? Danville, right? Danville, They're, Kentucky. Yep. Yeah, and yep. that which there are so many refreshing bits of this show cuz yeah. my first thought was like, oh, they're, they're he's going to paint, you know. Yeah. And yeah. You know, and there there's something about there's something uh there are narratives who take a hard stance on one thing, right? And this this narrative does take a hard stance on one thing. Sure. But he it's not and, and again, more like kind of fan service, not fan service, but more like Sure. um I ideal service, right? Mm -hmm. He's not just 
painting one thing as bad and yes. one thing as good. He's exactly. showing the complex nature of people. Um, and the complex nature of people, it's it's beautiful, it's ugly, it's all of these things. Yes. And sometimes, as a whole, it can get very ugly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, depending on just the season of what's happening socially, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Painting this this Kentucky family when, you know, he also, like, because of the narrative, like, there was tension when... when yes. Uh, the father was actually going to meet these people. Like, so it's tense. So the just the just folks program because I I, don't, I think I forgot to describe it. But um, the yeah. just folks program is a Lindbergh program that is pushed by this rabbi where they're going to take and it's it's quote unquote voluntary. Um, it <laughs> actually isn't, but it's quote unquote no. voluntary where Jewish families will move to places in the Midwest and in the center of the country to help them quote unquote assimilate. These are not like right. off the boat immigrant communities. These are people who have been here for about a generation or something like this and yeah. they the federal and, government uses various ways to pressure them to take part in this program right and uh, so yeah. the rabbi's thing is like okay you know their their dollar they're going to be making the same or more yeah and their dollar will go further in a more r- rural <laughs> sure. area so yeah, they'll, sure. they'll have their own house they won't yeah. be living in an apartment anymore yeah. but they also find a way to weaponize this against their own family yes right um yes but um paint it in a way that's like a positive thing yes exactly um, and oh, it's so and, messy and there are scenes where the levin father uh herman where he is so upset his son is like excited to do this he wants to yeah. go to kentucky he wants to see that some of the uh, other parts of the country etc cetera, etc cetera. and they paint it in such a way especially since the danville family is they're good people they're not bad people they're not like clans yeah. members that they send them to live with and so you know they're good people they have have a farm or whatever in kentucky and the fact that those folks are good people makes it even read in some scenes like the uh herman levin is is prejudiced right yeah like he's prejudiced against people who are just you know farmers or whatever and so it's this complicated and he kind of is like a little bit (laughs) you know but at the same time that doesn't change the fact that this just folks program is ultimately this sort of propagandized ugly anti-jewish program you know and it's it's Um, so interesting you can see the justification happening in winona's eyes when she's talking to that child yeah she's honestly convinced herself that this is the best thing for him and his family yep mm-hmm. although that her and her new husband the rabbi are honestly doing this to well you know what they're, they're yes. kind of causing trouble here for us in the yes. campaign and if my family's nearby and i'm the i'm the great <laughs> rabbi's wife and 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 they're like causing a ruckus it, you know what it, it'd be better for oh them in God. kentucky yes. a little bit more distance will it'll they'll they'll thrive <laughs> and they won't cause me any trouble dude you know? it's so david simon is so fucking good yeah, oh my god he knows what he's doing he knows what he's um, doing oh my god um, but you know the the yes. but the the true thing they're trying to do yes is take a group a, a, a group of strong angry people yeah right yeah um who are being oppressed mm-hmm. and scatter them out yes exactly um divide and, and conquer and, ho- yeah. and hopefully maybe some of them will be like lynched or whatever right you know, killed yeah exactly um, yeah i don't know, think ho- hopefully, hopefully some of them will like right the kkk will burn them in their cars which right. Happens, right and i don't <laughs> think i don't think uh henry ford would shed a tear right um yeah. i mean henry henry ford in this who who in real life not this fictional henry ford but real life was like a, a fairly raging anti-semite right sure. <laughs> like uh he becomes the what is it secretary of the interior or something i can't remember exactly but 
yeah, he, I can't either. He has some position in the Lindbergh administration. The big broad and, strokes of ooh. the narrative are usually lost on me. Sure, um, sure, sure. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, totally. For, for like the little kind of larger things that are happening, yeah. like I'm like, first of all, probably at that point, I was probably raging in, internally. <laughs> um, yeah. But as far as like yeah. characters' motivations and sure. how they and how they relate to each other, I'm on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. my thing. Well, and and that's why that's why I was very curious to talk about this because I feel like it's yeah. one of those things where I know like this is pretty dead on what I what I like in a narrative. Not all narratives. Sure. I mean, I like sure. I like silly shit um, so much. But you know, if yeah. I want to like dig into something, this is kind of how I want to do it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and so I was curious to talk about this because I felt like this was the kind of thing that gave me what I like out of narratives like this, but doesn't really feel like it sacrifices on character. So that was, that yeah, was kind of totally. why I was... Uh, I'd, I'd 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, so there, there's... Uh, I, I got a quote from David Simon that I'll throw out okay. where um, this is from an NPR interview, and he describes the show and, in saying that every one of the characters struggles with that question of where do you stand in an America that's transforming itself into something less than a republic? Um, and then he even goes yeah. on to say that's kind of where we're at now. <laughs> um, so sure. so uh, he does make all of these characters wrestle with the sort of political and social context of their time, yeah. and they do so in very, very different ways. Anyway, let's see. What else do I got? Do yeah, you, for, yeah, from a char- character perspective yeah. and the way that these characters, that they kind of, throw them in this situation and, and make them struggle with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I obviously related much more to like the father and the mother. Um, Interesting. Than yeah. the son who's like excited about this new, this, you know, this yeah. new presidential candidate or whatever. Yeah. yeah this, the, the older um, son likes Lindbergh, right? Cause he's like, yeah, this cool kind of like hero. A, like the kid doesn't, pilot. Yeah. kid doesn't know the kid doesn't want war. No, like, I didn't yeah. want war either. Sure. I don't want war. Of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, at the same time, like the what's so genius about this show is like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those things where like when you see somebody really kind of angrily do it, it's like poor example. Sure. Taken, right? Taken. <laughs> yeah. That movie take or John Wick's better example okay. because yeah. John Wick's a good movie. Yeah. Um sorry, Taken. I enjoyed you when I was younger, but I wouldn't watch you again. Yeah. But John Wick <laughs> Like, you know, his dog gets killed yeah. um, unjustly mm-hmm. and his wife is dead and mm-hmm. he has and, and he's just wants revenge. Right. Yeah. There is something so cathartic about watching that movie and just watching him mow through yeah. bad guys doing bad things. Absolutely. And this show could have very easily become just mm. Mm. Herman just destroying people that believe differently. Sure. And part of me would yeah. have just enjoyed the hell out of that. Sure. But then like but then Herman starts yelling at his son in a way that i'm like oh no that's not your that's not how you father your son you 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 have to have genuine honest conversations and and not shout and yell at your the the people you love and who love you back and it's like you know it's like (laughs) herman that's the thing herman is the protagonist herman's not a good guy Right, he's he's, he's not a, a bad guy. Head. He's not no. a bad guy. There aren't good guys and bad guys. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> that dichotomy <laughs> is pretty much destroyed. I mean, with maybe the exception of Lindbergh, who is you know pretty uniformly destructive politically. Um, yeah, but you know they yeah. they do humanize his wife in a way. They do. Yep. Um, which I found yep. really interesting. Yep. But uh, let's let's talk about um, Herman's nephew. Good. Yeah. Alvin. Uh, what's yeah. Alvin. Yep. Um I was just waiting. 
I waited, and for me, like character stuff, um, mm-hmm. uh, emotional catharsis between characters is just something you just hope for. Definitely. And you you absolutely 0% get it between mm. Alvin That's and That's so Herman. true. You almost um, think you're going you to. You almost a think you a few times. <laughs> yeah. And, oh. But at the same time, like... Whew. Herman and Alvin like beating each other up over that dinner yeah. table. Yeah. There's also something that like an understanding they have with each other yeah. that we're the same. They're absolutely and, family still. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and this is just how we work out our problems. Yes. And there is love there. Yes. But th- you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you're talking about toward the latter part of the series, um, where yeah, last Al- episode, uh, yeah, Alvin has sort of taken this turn into like he's got a little money, he's got a he's got a nice car. He comes off kind of braggy. He comes yeah. off less level headed and a little more, you know, whatever. Um, he yeah. was very politically in, engaged, and then he's not in this end part. He's just enjoying his car and his you know uh, new wife or whatever. But like it's the it's the kind of thing where he sets it up in a way where Alvin has some information. Alvin knows some stuff and has done some stuff that Herman doesn't know anything about. Right, that he can he can probably never say aloud. That he can anyone. never say aloud, and that you know it's it's just this whole thing of like he can't say anything, and Herman doesn't have the information to be able to actually understand where he's coming from, and so it's to some extent misunderstanding, and it's to yeah. some extent the outcome of different personalities reacting in different ways. Right. It just yeah, absolutely, and you don't get the catharsis, but at the same time, it's yeah, you you get complicated. You don't really get relationship much catharsis on. <laughs> with anything in no, this show. No, you don't. Like even with like okay, think think Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah. That's more yeah. of a John Wick catharsis yes. type of thing. That's a different the, fictional history. <laughs> that's a different fictional history. Uh-huh. Um but you know the the other side of the coin for this versus Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Alvin wants to he, he goes to Canada to join a military illegally so he can go and kill Nazis because yeah. in this war in this version of history America's yeah. not going to war. No. Canada is going to war. It yep. is Canada, right? It is Canada, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Canada is going to war, therefore yep. he's gonna go and, and, and they're gonna take him because like you know, they wanna kill Nazis too. Yeah. So yeah. the only, and you don't even see it in the show, but the only opportunity he gets to kill a Nazi, mm-hmm. he does it. Yeah. He goes and he kills a Nazi and it costs his friend's life, and it cost him his leg. Yeah, yeah. So like, wh- there's there's not even that like. Yeah. S- let's separate Nazis from people. Yes. And let's have some some sort of war catharsis. Yeah. You don't get it. Nope. <laughs> you know. Nope. You don't get it. You don't get Brad Pitt scalping Nazis. No. And 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 this is this is one of the things that I think is done so masterfully here is I I wonder the extent to which you could analyze this with sort of standard narrative theory you know because i mean i'm sure you could and i'm sure people you know people smarter than me could do it very very well but it is the notion where i do feel like that is one of the strengths of a of a piece of art made by david simon which is it's never just neatly wrapped up it's always a little life is never perfect the world is never perfect it never lands exactly how you think it's going to even if it comes out better than it was before still it's not it's not ideal right yeah (laughs) sort of and no person is perfect like everyone makes bad decisions at various points yeah Um, they all do they all make bad decisions they all make great decisions sometimes sometimes you think he's setting you up to to where it's like oh this person's been good up to this point or you think oh this person's gonna be bad and then they do better yeah you know um but it's like it undermines your expectations a lot you know 
even even the mother like yes. at the end like yeah. in another narrative she would have taken her sister back in yeah and she tells her like i love you you'll always be my sister yes. but i never want to see your face i will never see you again. again yeah i will never forgive yeah. you I yeah. will never forgive you. <laughs> yeah. And and that is completely understandable in the context. Understandable. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And and also hard to witness. And also, <laughs> yes. And it's not that she made the right decision. It's not that she made the wrong decision. It's right. that it's life. And so there is no pre-carved yeah. path. She's just doing the best she can, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, yep. and, and it's also one of those things where who knows if that sticks, you know? Who right, knows? Exactly. Who knows? Um, oh, so as long as we're talking about upset expectations and nothing ever ends perfectly and so forth, let's talk about the ending a little bit. <laughs> because yeah. the ending is very different, apparently, from the novel. Um, okay. In the novel... Well, yeah, go ahead. Bef- before the ending... Sure. W- actually, the, the one thing narratively that like bothered me the most... Yeah. And not, not, from, a, not from a storytelling or, or quality sense, but mm-hmm. from a convenient sense... Sure was that Alvin was sought out to basically drop Lindbergh's plane, right? To lose Lindbergh's plane. Yes. It was just like everything happening with his family, like Mm -hmm. it was just, it was just from a story perspective, it was very convenient. Sure. And, and, but at the same time, part of me was like, okay, this is, this isn't real. Sure. Right. (laughs) That would never happen with this, all of these things happening specifically to these family members. Yeah. Cause the aunt ends up marrying, Winona ends up marrying John Turturro, Bingelsdorf. Uh, so they're involved in that way. Um, she goes to the white house. Like they're very, very involved, even though they're ostensibly just some New York family. Specifically involved. Yes. Um, and to be fair to that, right. I think the notion was that Alvin was not the only person watching one of those pieces of equipment right um okay it it was just kind of like i didn't i didn't pick up on that yeah he watched one particular radius so he was one person who was tapped and he said something to the extent of like this will only reach like he tells the agents who put him there like this will only reach you'll only be able to read however far and they go it's not for you to worry about. You just need to watch this piece of equipment or something like that. Yeah. And so I think the implication was like, who knows how many people were tapped to yeah. do things. They're like basically that, just looking you know? for people who have, yes. uh, are, are not clean cut and yes. are willing to, are willing to do that type of thing. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, but no, I mean that, that critique does make sense. I mean, he, he does foreground this family's yeah. involvement. But no, you, pretty you heavily. did clear, you cleared, so. that, cleared that up for me a little bit uh, yeah because i didn't really pick up on oh sure idea sure sure so uh they do change the ending uh pretty pretty seriously and i i'm not super familiar with what the ending of the novel was but uh, my understanding is that it was kind of more clean cut they figured out a way in the story to i don't know if it's at the end of the first term or or what happens but basically Lindbergh is taken out of the picture Lindbergh's taken out of the picture or disappears on a flight or something like this and then FDR comes to power and history gets back on the track that we know. Um, right. And it's kind of, uh, it's kind of clean cut from, from my understanding. I haven't read the novel. They don't do that here. So they do figure out a way to get rid of Lindbergh, which is, um, has something to do with this program that Alvin's involved with, right? Which presumably downs his plane somewhere. Yeah. And so he is essentially assassinated uh, mm-hmm. by, is it the Canadian government? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I forget who they were working for. Uh, but nonetheless, they get rid of Lindbergh. Uh, there, are ri- there are riots. There are sort of, I suppose, I don't know, would you call them fascist attacks? There are whatever. There are attacks on American uh, cities and communities. Yeah. And then in the cleanup of it, we get to see them moving toward another election, right? 
Um, And it's presumably it is FDR running, and I'm not sure who Mm -hmm. he's running against at this point. But the notion is, if they vote FDR in, history returns to what we know, and then we have this sort of American prosperity. for. They don't give us that, though. (laughs) They don't give us that. How do they? (laughs) So, uh, uh, essentially, you get to see Levin vote, right? Yeah, you see, yeah. Uh, you you get you see Herman. He's going to vote, yes. um, all, and and things are looking good. Yes. And then the next shot is a bunch of uh, <laughs> men stealing all those ballots yeah. and like burning them in a fire. But yes. then the next shot is more of a hopeful shot. But then the next shot yeah. is people being turned away from being able to vote, yep. like just you know essentially voter fraud. And like, yeah. and then it kind of ends with that idea that like, oh no, it's very hopeful, but. Also, don't forget that like people will never let you. Um, nev- yes, they'll never allow you to. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I, there, there was a really good uh, quote from New York Times where it talked about the ways in which Simon had changed the story, and that was sort of one of them. He's uh, the New York Times article said he hasn't changed a lot in the story, but where he has, it's to emphasize that the charismatic bigot in the White House is not simply an aberration who can be erased and forgotten like a bad dream. The problem is as much the passions and cynicism that made him possible, the citizens whose prejudice was validated, the officials who got a taste of thugocracy, the society that learned the norms of decent behavior were always optional, and the minorities who found out that equality is revocable. And so, so you don't find out who wins the election election right right you do find out that it's not a completely free and fair election yeah but you don't under you don't ever find out and he leaves this, you with that sort of this ambiguity. version of the story isn't about a happy ending it's no. not about closure it's about no. the way people work yes and what's real is that yes though that would happen yeah. that does happen sure now yeah. you know yeah my overall we've been talking about this for a while so i'll give you my overall my overall take on this particular miniseries is that it's a sort of reminder it's a very uncomfortable reminder that like democracy functional government always requires heavy participation and like and that we and that citizens have to guard it that it's not a guarantee right yeah that that, like for those of us that are like our age like my age i for a very long time have felt like actually probably until more recently than I would like to admit, have felt like, oh, this is just how governments work, right? Yeah, They're sure. just like, this is just how things just are in the world. And what we have just gotten a small taste of learning and, and, and people in various times and various places have learned really, really hard lessons about is that it is not a guarantee that your government has the interests of your community in mind. And no. you, you can lose it. <laughs> like, yeah. um, yep. And so, I don't know. That's, that's, that's not a fun lesson. Right, but I think it's I think it's important whether you get it from this show or from something else. Yeah, I mean, I I do think like this this type of show could could be very um, educational. Sure. I think for yeah. for for many people, um, yeah. for, you know, for me and my perspective, it really didn't. Other than the types of things you're saying, it it doesn't it doesn't teach me something new. It reminds yeah. me of something terrible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it, was, not, it wasn't like you hadn't teach me anything new. Sure, right? but it's you hadn't. Good. It's not like you hadn't thought about this stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Sure. And I, I, I'd, I'd be really curious. Um, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, the the hopeful person I am in like ten years from now, like, yeah. I'd be really curious to rewatch this. Yeah. And, and hopefully a better a better um, yeah 
reality. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, a more hopeful reality sure. and, and re-examine it. But mm-hmm. you know, right, right now is probably a great time for this to come out for certain people to see it, to, sure. to hopefully make them think, Oh no, I need to like yeah. be active. Sure. I need to be, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and there will be a lot of people like me or be like, Oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to see this more. Sure. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Sure. Well, and, and I don't know. One, one of the things that I think is so effective about him for me personally, like I, I feel like watching the wire and I watched it when I was, I was in my early twenties. So it's, it's, you know, it makes sense that I was awakening to certain realities around that time. But I feel like watching the wire taught me a lot about how the world actually works, which sounds very right. grandiose, but I really do feel that way about watching that sure. show. And so I, I just, um, the, the end of the one thing that I think is so effective about this is that his notion that he keeps pounding into our heads as we watch that there are not good guys and bad guys there just aren't yeah you know what yeah. i mean and so it reminds me of like you know i i have no sympathy or or respect or anything for the current administration but it makes me think of those people who go ah uh, you know or not those people but when people go ah uh, you know they're all all politicians are corrupt you know this guy's yeah. bad but they're all bad it's like politics is all is not split between good guys and bad guys and so you have to look uh, yeah. at actual details and how things actually work. You know In what I mean? Context. And yes. And you'll never find someone who's perfect. So you have no. to make, it's always compromise in politics. You know, and, and right now, especially like drawing a line in the sand between good guys and bad guys. Yeah. My side and your side yes. is right now, I think honestly, just super scary and yeah. super dangerous. Super dangerous. Yeah. Um, I th- I think I think getting uh angry about injustice is important. Yeah. Um and I think there is a time to scream. Sure. But there also is a time to be a little bit more um tactful with sure. with how you're honestly trying to like sure show someone another perspective. Sure. And you know right now like it's it's scary because like I I have a lot of friends on Facebook who are you, you know just just screaming like no these to hell with all of these people. Yeah. To hell with with this group, this entire group. Sure. And like, I get it. Sure. I I understand that feeling. Sure. But like, that's not reality. That's yeah. not real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's not a bunch of bad guys. No. It's just a, and you know there are some bad guys. Of course. There are some bad guys everywhere, and yes. there are some people who like you know there are people who actually enjoy killing people. Of right? course. Like, yeah. That's that's bad yes of course <laughs> um but there are varying varying shades of so many different things yes. and the best thing i think i the, the my my takeaway from this show is is reminding me that like yeah it's actually it's actually comforting to remember that like we're all good and bad yes right? yes um yes it is complicated yeah and 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 it is such that systems can be on the whole good or bad Right. Yeah. And we can try yeah. to figure out how do we get systems that work for the biggest number of us that are possible, you know, yeah. um, that kind of thing, as opposed to being like, you're just inherently bad, a bad person, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's yeah. that's silly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Anyway, all right. Well, I, let, let me let me end off because uh, I, I know we need to bring it to a close. But uh, let me end off with I got one more quote from Simon where he talks about his writing style that I thought was or his cool. writing approach or something that I thought was cool. Just to get it back to like art criticism. Um, 
I listened to this long interview with him where, of course, he talks about politics. I don't, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but he was a newspaper man for a long time. He worked at, I think, the Boston Globe, is it called? Anyway, big paper in Boston. He was a, uh, a police journalist before he started. He sort of backed into writing television. That uh, makes sense. Yeah, exactly. That's something I would never do. Sure. <laughs> sure. So he has lots of like firsthand experience with a lot of this stuff, working with police, understanding good and bad police, and, and you know, good and bad everyone and just getting to see how these yeah. these things work out and so um he talks about his shows and he's not just talking about plot but he's talking about the wire and deuce and everything and he says um about his writing style we get a lot of rewatch but what we don't get is a mass audience going man this thing crackles from the jump and i gotta see what happens next week he says I'm, <laughs> he says i'm pretty miserable at doing that um, yeah. and he, and he talks about, he talks about it, yeah. um, in terms of like, he says, I always want it to be the case that when you get to the end of a narrative, you can go back and look at the opening chapters. Uh, he says chapters, but you can go back and look at the opening minutes or, or scenes or whatever. And it all makes sense. You can tell that decisions were made that relate to, we knew where we were going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. and so this and, isn't lost. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's, and it's a, it's, I think that's a very self-aware understanding. It is not, you know, you finish the end of this thing and maybe if you're excited about a David Simon project, you go, Oh man, I can't wait for episode two, but he's very, it's, it's not, it's a lot of re it's like picking up a novel. It's not, it's not minute to minute cliffhanger. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you want to rate this? Uh, you want to rate this bad boy? Yeah, I'll rate it first. Let's let's end sure. on, let's end on a high note. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a five. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna give it right down the middle. There was a half of me really enjoyed a lot of it, and the other half of me just like sure. was a, a screaming mess on the a screaming crying mess on the inside. Absolutely. Um. So that's why I'm giving it five. Tense ice cream cone parlor scenes oh okay yeah that yeah. scene was yeah. so difficult to yes. watch yes it was yes it and was that's why i'm giving it that i like it um so yeah. just just give me a reminder of that scene right someone says something anti-semitic when they are visiting washington dc is that They're right visiting washington dc yeah. he's sitting there with his uh herman sitting there with his family enjoying ice cream yeah and then like part of you is like Oh, no, Herman, don't say anything. Just yeah. keep quiet, keep your head down. But Herman doesn't. And it's like, oh, no, this is... And then, like, it turns out really well yeah. that he stood up for himself. Yes. He stood up for his family. Yep. But your your instinct is to say, oh, no, be quiet. You're going to get yes. killed. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's actually very, very um, topical. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, All right, that's good. Uh, so five out of 10, I love it. Uh, I love yeah. when, we're, when we're like hard split right here. I feel like, yeah. before I rate it, I feel like last week to this week is one of the hardest shifts that we've done. Where, <laughs> where we did, we talked about eighth grade. <laughs> or wait, yeah. no, it wasn't eighth grade. It was like girl. Girl, girl yeah, home. girl walks home was the last one. Uh, so we talked about like, exactly your taste and now we're closer yeah. to exactly my taste um so i think yeah. that's that's interesting okay that's so good. i'm the good guy you're the bad exactly guy. It's, it's, it's very clear uh and simple clear cut <laughs> so i'm gonna give it obviously i'm gonna rate it a lot higher than a five um okay so the five's not like like it's better yeah. than a five right no i understand what you're saying you're, you're that yeah i'm rating it emotionally no i got you um yeah. Yeah, I think I just just because I will I will just go to bat for almost anything David Simon does. I think he's amazing. I'm gonna give it a nine point five. Um, it's not it's not the wire, which spoilers is if we ever do that episode is gonna be a ten. But yeah, it's, I'm gonna give it a nine point five. 
uh, Winona Sanses. Um, that's all I'm going to get. Because she is so, so good in this, and she's been so great and everything. Yeah, so I think uh, we got a nice split. Five and a 9.5. Yeah. I like it. Very, very good. Into it. Yeah, good. hell yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This is the Comic Creators Podcast. Uh, we're a dual production of the Destination Nation Network here in Louisville, Kentucky, and also of Rock Candy Recordings in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, you can reach out and let us know what you would like us to talk about. Instagram is Comic Creators Podcast, and Comic Creators Podcast at gmail.com is the email. So, would you say that in terms of. Uh, uh, <laughs> An alternative history of a pseudo-fascist America where some celebrity with no political experience takes us down a very, very dark road in a way that could never really happen. Uh, would, you say, would you say that you concur, Doctor? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I can. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> no, fuck that. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Go watch Plot Against America if you haven't. Yeah, and if it doesn't give you uh, anxiety and and uh, trigger any type of empathy, like maybe check that out. Yeah, get that checked. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, D N N. To find out more, visit RockCandyRecordings.com.